business and bourbon. When I'm sipping a delicious spirit, I want to look cool while I'm doing it. Okay. I actually went and hired a therapist to help me make the decision that it was okay for me to now file for divorce. This is so big for people to listen to. How you do anything is how you do everything. I think that's tremendous advice. We do get tunnel vision like that. I always focused on exactly where my client was at, trying to empower them from wherever they were at. You're exactly where you're supposed to be, supposed to be, supposed to be, supposed to be, supposed to be. Welcome back to Business and Bourbon, where we have real talk with real people. I'm Ronnell Richards, the creator and your host. 18th century poet Robert Burns once said, the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. Let me give you a 21st century translation of that. Shit happens. In business and in our personal lives, we set out to create these great plans. We'll do our due diligence to make sure that we succeed. And then... Things happen that come out of seemingly nowhere to take us off the track. Well, what do we do? How do we recover? How do we get back on track? Well, I invited Brooke Jaguer onto the podcast this week. So she sat down at the bar with me. You know, what she does is she helps businesses and business professionals through moments and events just like that. So when you've created that great plan, got the great business model, you've done everything to make sure that this is going to succeed. And then you get hit out of left field by life. It happens to all of us. What do you do? I sat her down. She shared her story and gave some great advice on how you can navigate through those life events. So with that said, you guys know what time it is. Grab that glass, that cup, that mug. Let's pour your favorite beverage in there. For me, I'm going to dig deep into the cabinet. I'm going to grab one of the older whiskeys today because this is a good one. Go ahead and pour it into that glass. Sit back and enjoy a little business and bourbon with this. All right, back here with Ronnell and business and bourbon at King and Duke ATL. Another beautiful day, amazing day to be doing business here in Atlanta. And I am really super excited and stoked about my guest today. She's probably going to step over the line a little bit because I hear she's a habitual line stepper, but uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. She's, she brings a ton of value and she was on me. She wanted to preach to the audience. She wanted to be here because she knows that my audience is her audience and she's got a lot of great stuff to share. So with that said, I'm going, you know what? I want you to pronounce your name so you do it properly and I don't mm. screw it up because it mm -hmm. is super cool and it's French, right? French Canadian. French Canadian. Brooke Jaguer. Jaguer. In honor of Brooke Jaguer, I am drinking the French Creole here at King and Duke. Thank you. What are you drinking? Much appreciated. I'm drinking the placebo, and it is anything but a placebo. <laughs> it is amazing. It's the real deal, right? Definitely. I've had that one a lot. So it's, it's awesome. It's got a mixture of bourbon and scotch, which you think they're going to kind of fight and not work, mm -hmm. but they put a little ginger in there. They put a little lemon in there. I think there's a little honey in there. There is. And it works. It you, does. Didn't you tell me you're not even really a bourbon drinker? I am not. He he asked what kind of spirit I like. Shame on you. <laughs> and I said, pretty much anything goes. Pretty much anything goes. But I'm here with Ronnell, so let me try bourbon. Not try, but let me have a bourbon cocktail. But I wanted something light and refreshing. That's what's up. So I'm impressed. This feels summery, but it's still that bourbon. Well, you know, you come kick it with me. You know that 
it's first class all the way. I'm not going to let you have a bad drink. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm learning that very quickly. So I hear that your favorite drink, Pinot Noir. Yes. Right. So you're a snooty wine drinker? No. Are you kidding? No. Oh, okay. Like, I laugh when they pass around the the bucket if you don't like what you're tasting. Yeah, the spit bucket. Go ahead and call it what it is. I'm like, why? Why would, why? Because you're tasting, Brooke. Uh-huh. If you're tasting, <laughs> you don't want to get drunk. You just got to taste it and then you spit it out. Which, by the way, for you wine folks, which there's a lot of them out there, and I kind of pretended I was a wine person for about a second. Okay. Until I just realized that it wasn't like my thing because it's so subjective. If I go get a great bottle of wine, right, and it tells me that there's notes of cherry and hints of chocolate and wood and bark and whatever, I, <laughs> but there's none of that stuff that actually has anything to do with them. Like, you're not making wine with cherry and, and no. chocolate and whatever else. It's so subjective. And then the minute I sat down with this sommelier when I did my little, when I went through my wine oh, phase. Oh, you got serious I about did. it. Okay. I went and got some lessons and the guy's like, oh, what's ever good to you is good to you. What? That's, <laughs> yes. What? That makes no sense to me. <laughs> like, either it's good or it's not good. If I have a shitty bourbon, you know what's going to happen? <laughs> that. Right. I'm burning. It's, yes. If I have a great bourbon, it's smooth and it's <laughs> honey on my tongue and I love it. So that's why I don't get you wine people. See, but I'm not just a wine. People ask me all the time, what do you drink? I'm like, water, beer, liquor, wine. There's no fun in the water. Yes, there but is. Yeah, water's important. Uh-huh. Yes, there is. I love water. Well, your skin is glowing thank from you. it, obviously. Appreciate so you it. you obviously get your water in. Yes, thank and you. And Lord knows the business and bourbon guy drinks his water too because got to stay hydrated. You're drinking all that bourbon. I mean, the more Balance. water you drink, the more bourbon you can drink. <laughs> so Balance you, is key. You also like Moscow mules? Yes. I've recently gotten into those. Well, okay. I was into them a couple of years ago and then have rediscovered them. So I appreciate them a whole lot. Okay. They're refreshing, especially from a summertime perspective. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, the copper mug thing. Is oh, I love that. That's so fun. I guess. It doesn't make me see. I want my drinks to make me feel and look cool. Like, I want to be like James Bond. You don't feel cool with a copper mug? Now, that's not a James Bond thing no, at all. because it's got a handle on it. So? See, like, it's got to have heft. <laughs> it's got to have, you know, like, there's nothing like a whiskey glass. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I've seen some. Okay, I want you to. Okay. I know this is bad for, for radio and for a pod, but guys, I want you to visualize me right now. Just take a second. Visualize, Ronnell. Whatever you know, <laughs> you've seen the pic. Google me. If you don't there know what I look like, Google me, okay? Now, I want you to envision me with that beautiful whiskey glass. Oh, wow. Right? And then turn around in some copper mug with a handle in it. It's not the same. It's not cool. Because well, you don't want it to be, so that is totally okay. You rock that. Did you ever see James Bond drink a Moscow Mule? No. Let's go down to coolest. You ever see Brad Pitt with a Moscow Mule? You ever seen Idris see Elba with, with a Moscow Mule? I could definitely see him no, with you one. Could. You yes, see, I could. Have you seen it? You haven't seen it because you won't see it. No, because he hasn't too been cool in my house. Moscow. Nothing against Moscow Mules. If you guys like Moscow Mules, You're hating all on my other drinks. I'm just saying that for me, when I'm sipping a delicious spirit, I want to look cool while I'm doing it. Okay. And you can do that with whiskey and bourbon and unlike a Moscow Mule, I can't quite do that. It's like it's like <laughs> sipping a, a, a apple teeny. Like, is apple teeny cool? Um, uh, is, does that make me look like a like a, a, um, a cool guy? Sure. If you're with at Bulldogs straw? or some other places. With a straw? Apple teeny with a straw? Sure. No, doesn't work for me. Sure. No. Okay. 
<laughs> so hey, thanks for telling us about your drinks. And yeah. Man, I'm rambling on. I need the audience to know who the hell you are. That might be Bro, helpful. Who are you? What do you do? What do I do? Who am I? Those are really big questions. Isn't it? Yes. Isn't it? Let's start by what you do for a living. I unfuck mindsets and vibes for minority small business owners. Say what? You heard me. I said, and I'll say it again, and you're not the only person who has me repeat it. <laughs> I unfuck mindsets and vibes for minority small business owners. Okay. Mental note. Mom, do not listen to this. I can't. I got to tell my yeah, mom. Yeah, BP. My mom. Don't listen either. <laughs> So what does that mean? Okay, let's. Okay, you've already blown my mind. You hit me in the gut. What does that mean? At the end of the day, what are you doing for people? I am helping my clients become more conscious in their leadership style, especially as it relates to their business. Mm -hmm. And I'm helping them learn how to leverage their energy and their mindset to impact their overall success, their overall legacy, all of those wonderful things. Good, good. That's Makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. So um, what does one of your clients typically look like? Like what's their, and I just, just, I want to help the audience to understand specifically what it is that you do and how you're helping people. So you're one of these real like next level ladies. Like you're like all vibes and zones and stuff. Yes. And that's real dope. And I like that. <laughs> so there's a really popping restaurant here. That's one of your clients, right? In Atlanta. Yes. And he, he recently. But we don't talk about that because that's confidential. Yeah. So I'm going to stop you before you say anything that might give away right. who or what they are. The restaurant is such. I'm just kidding. I'm not going <laughs> to say. So, no, but using that as an example. Sure. What sort of things do you do for business owners like that? So helping somebody go through, I have eight different tenants that I usually take them through. It's all about energy leadership. So people come to me for tangible issues. I'm procrastinating, I'm avoiding, I don't like confrontation, I'm having issues with my business partner, my staff is out of line, they're crazy, they're not in alignment with my vision, all those different things. And we help look at the core energy that's driving why you do what you do, or why you don't do what you do, or say you want to do. do. That, that's very poignant there. Yeah. Don't do what you, so, okay, cool. So we get that. Yeah. So how did you get to this point? <laughs> like, tell me about your journey. Why... Are you able to, to coach and teach? Like, what is it about you? What is it about what you've experienced, you've been through that makes you someone that these people obviously trust tremendously? Definitely. Hence that ethics part of, now when my clients say that they work with me, that's one thing. But confidentiality is a really big, important part mm -hmm. of that. My background is in social work. I was a therapist and social worker for 15 years in a multitude of different arenas, everything from child protective services of investigating abuse and neglect to international adoptions to medical social work and throughout all of that I always focused on exactly where my client was at trying to empower them from wherever they were at not rushing them into where I thought they needed to be because it wasn't my life it was their life and helping them empower themselves figure out what that looks like so it's coaching has always been a natural essence and part of who I was I did not realize that until I was going through my own personal journey and discovered coaching. I kept seeing a couple of different books. I'm a huge reader. And I was reading a particular book. Me too. Okay, awesome. No, I'm not. Oh, damn. I was like, <laughs> then I will tell you about this book and this book and this book. Audiobooks? Do you do audiobooks? I try. Okay. But, yeah. Fair that's enough. A, that's another. Everyone, the people that listen to my pod, which is 
everyone. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> right, like exactly. Everybody. Hi, there. everybody. Everybody. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, I'm what you would call a micro consumer of content. Okay. Right? I, think I get I'm, that. I think I made that up. So if I didn't, I did. So just if anyone starts using that, you guys know it came from Urban me. Dictionary. There we go. So, um, yeah, I'm like tidbits. Yeah. You know, so I have a hard time with books. <laughs> I read four books at any given time at the same time. Like really? I'm sur- I always cycle through a professional book that has something directly related to my profession of coaching and in building that practice. I read another business book that has something to do with business in general but has zero to do it's not my industry so that yes. I can learn and pick and grow from other industries. Mm-hmm. I always am reading a personal growth and development book something along the lines that's for me but because of what I do is so ingrained in who I am. They all kind of mesh and overlap. Right. On the spot, what are you reading now? So I am reading The Law of Attraction by uh, Esther and Jerry Hicks. I am reading The Practicing Mind. I'd have to pull up my Kindle to tell you who that's by, but that is a really dope book. I am reading The Motivation Manifesto again because I love that. Have you read any of my books? I didn't know you... No. Okay, I haven't written any, but I'm in like three books. I was like... Uh, like I, There's like three books that I don't... Well, send it over because yeah. I do enjoy reading, and I okay. <laughs> my sample so list of I everything that I want to read. <laughs> I've been, I'm in books, so that's kind of okay. the same, right? Sure. All right. You don't have to read. Like that's one of those things that I, working with people. If that's not how you absorb information, why would it be good so, for me to so, tell you to read a book? So or the give funny you a book? thing is, is that's I'm glad you mentioned that because that's I talk to a lot of people about that about how they consume content. Definitely. And now it's content. It's content. Sure. Everything's about content. So I consume a lot of content. I just, I've never been one that has the, because my brain's going all over the place. So I typically will consume video, consume, mm-hmm. I, I do listen to pods a lot, obviously. Sure. Audio, wherever I can get it, snippets, but like sitting down, like I envy people like you that can really like focus in and zen in on a book for however long it takes. How long does it take to read a book? I don't know, 30 minutes, 38, 30 days? It depends. I don't <laughs> but see, I only, I only read a minimum of 10 minutes a day. That's just part of my morning routine. So that's... Oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, and then if there's more that I want to read in the middle of the day, if I need to break up in between sessions or in between speaking engagement or just the regular business of being a business owner, yeah, I will take a little break and read. So it's so, not like I sit down and read for an hour all so, in one pass. So I think that's actually a great teaching tool definitely like for folks out there that are maybe like me or just don't have the time to sit down and read like setting a kind of a, a daily cadence and that's what you do yeah. kind of kicks you get your day kicked off yes which by the way guys just as a reminder we're live from the king and duke <laughs> so listen you're gonna hear glasses Woo-hoo. you're gonna hear i think someone just dropped some plates back there in the kitchen that's what's up that's how because i want y'all to get a real insight on what it's like when you're sitting down with myself and the wonderful Brooke Jiguer. Very I like, nice. I like say, was that good? Very nice. Yeah. So. Very well done. All right. So moving on. Hey, one thing for fun. You mentioned a couple of your hip hop acts that you like. Ooh, okay. That's you for like one and you're like, oh, but you can't, I can't. That's like asking me what my favorite movie is. And I'm like, right now I can tell you what it is. What's that? <laughs> on the spot. That was All on right. the spot. Okay. So back, <laughs> back to your, your hip hop. Mm-hmm. Estero and Lisa Shaw. I was mm-hmm. like, who, who is Lisa Shaw? Mm. You don't know who Lisa Shaw is? No. So a lot of, you ever heard of Cascade? The DJ? No. Miguel Miggs? No. Okay, so there's a lot of house music 
Lisa Shaw sings over a lot of those tracks, but she also has her own solo stuff. Okay. Just like Latrice, amazing vocalist. I saw her here back at, well, I think it's Club 1150 Where now. Where is here? Because we are worldwide. Atlanta. Atlanta, Georgia. There's a place called, uh, is it 1150 or is it Opera? So if you guys know anything about Atlanta, you'll know that clubs change names about every three years. <laughs> yes, which so. is why I can't remember. <laughs> so I have no idea. Okay. Well, either way, when it was, I think it was Opera over there on 14th Street, Crescent, all that. Okay. I saw her. Yeah, everyone perform. knows that. Everybody on the block knows that. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Go ahead. I'm sorry. She's an amazing vocalist. Yeah. But Estero, I actually saw her at center stage and the vinyl and loft, everything, also here in Atlanta. Uh-huh many, many moons ago. She's an incredible artist. I love women vocalists. Respect. So do I. So my you need favorite, to check both of them out. My favorite vocalist, Jill Scott. Love her. Yeah. See her in concert. Like I, I want to go like every summer <laughs> that she's here, but my wife is like, ah, we already saw it. It's the same song. So I'm like, yo, but she's so dope. You can go. No, I can't go. You, okay. You don't know. It doesn't work like that. All right. So, hey, I got a question for you. Because we're all about dropping knowledge, and we're all about dropping knowledge to everybody, mm-hmm. right? You know, and everyone that I bring on the pod, I bring because they've got wisdom to share, wisdom through experience. So I want to know, what advice would you give to your younger self? What have you learned over the, you're super young, what are you like, 22? Oh, you're, you're cute, that's funny. I'm that's about good. to be 39. That's what's up. So that's a lot of wisdom there. There is a whole lot of wisdom. A whole lot. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Younger self, I would definitely tell myself to be easy. Be so much easier on myself. I am a recovering perfectionist. And moving into entrepreneurship and business ownership, put that on blast. And so it's been an interesting journey over the last four years. Releasing a lot of that need to be a perfectionist which is how I was a straight-A student and a bunch of other stuff growing up. And school was always easy for me. Yeah. Super easy. But being able to tell myself to just be easy. And what I mean by that is, like, so, it's all good. Like, you fuck up, okay. You make a mistake, no so, worries. Man, that's easier said than done. Right? Definitely. Because there are a lot of people who listen right now like, yo, yeah, that sounds great. But let's give them some tools. What was your process in getting there? And what did you go through to get there, to get to this realization? Because all this stuff, all this growth comes through trauma comes through pain to get definitely what did you go through so right as i was turning 30 i decided to up in my life and separate from my current husband at the time file for divorce he's an incredible man he's doing his thing now i'm an incredible woman i'm doing my thing now i experienced a lot of contrast but from all of that i've learned and i've grown got really serious about my health dropped like 30 pounds that's what's up (laughs) pretty much consider myself now vegan but also a flexitarian, AK. I do what I want. I flex. I do. I, I do what I want when I want. I like that. And was still at that time working my corporate job as a social worker and through my own self journey of healing and discovering like, wow, I grew up in the Christian background, Southern Baptist. I actually went and hired a therapist to help me make the decision that it was okay for me to now file for divorce. And even though I felt totally fine with it and all sense and purpose had already kind of separated mentally, physically, emotionally, all these other ways. There was this huge belief system and mindset that had been passed down to me for 30 plus years in the church that divorce, whether or not you consider it a sin, but like, yeah, yeah. And so I went and sought out an actual therapist who was Christian based. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I don't really ascribe to a lot of those tendencies. Now I'm more holistic and spiritual. I don't really ascribe to any religion. 
but that was a very important point of helping me release the perfectionism part. Yeah. That it's okay that this is not a failure. And now my whole entire mindset around relationships has shifted. So how you do anything is how you do everything. So I took a lot of that knowledge about being easy on myself, AKA whenever I'd caught myself judging, mm -hmm. like, oh, you should be doing this better. That is another word that I've negated from my vocabulary. I don't shoot on myself. Stop mm -hmm. shooting all over yourself. It's no fun. No, it isn't. So being able to catch yourself, which is just all about awareness. So the more that you're able to catch yourself in it, the faster you notice it. And it's faster than the last time you noticed it and the previous time before that. So you're just creating awareness, which is about living in the present moment. A lot of that had to do with meditation, yoga, some other practices that help put you in the present moment in the now. But being able to do that helps you then stop and pause instead of always being on autopilot and just reacting to life instead of responding. So first and foremost, becoming aware, which is all about your mindset, which is why yeah. I live and breathe what I do. Becoming aware, doing things and doing those types of things when you're not stressed out. It's super interesting. People are, you know, working with people all the time. They're like, this is great. I love this. I'm totally going to try this out the next time I get stressed out. I'm like, okay, so first of all, you have a ton of momentum built up. Yeah of freaking out when you get stressed out because that's normal and you're human and we all do that. So all good, but you can't create a new pattern of belief or pattern in your life and creating a new habit, routine, whatever, when you're stressed out. You gotta put that into place when you're calm, when everything is going well. See, and, and I think that's a valid, that's a great point because I think that a lot of us, whenever we're going through the trauma, we're going through the issues, we're looking for answers, and now, we, okay, let's go in and hit and implement right now. Yeah. And we don't realize that, and correct me if I'm wrong, what you're saying is that those strategies for being successful and getting through that trauma, you have to start implementing when you're not in the trauma. Yes. Right? Like, and being intentional about that, being very intentional about that. So... What is a piece of advice that you could give folks for what they can do? What can they implement in their life right now? Let's say things are cool. Things are good. I'm not going through trauma. What should I be doing right now on a daily basis? It's going to prepare me. Yeah. For, because, listen, that's inevitable. It's right? life. It's a mm -hmm. cycle. You're supposed to experience contrast. And I don't, I don't call things obstacles or problems. I call it contrast. Mm -hmm. But you're contrast, supposed to. Contrast. I like that. Yes. You're supposed to experience contrast because it helps you fine-tune more of what you want when you experience what you don't want you more clearly know what you do want so yeah, contrast is. is really really beautiful now i know that's a big leap if you're like i didn't i don't want that that don't feel good i get that but just starting to understand that when you experience what you don't want send yourself an identify oh i feel disrespected okay that means that i want to feel respected in my relationships or whatever it is that's a really great place to start is when you notice whatever emotion you're feeling and noticing what you don't want I always direct people to try and identify what it is that you do want now. There it is. There it is. That's huge. Mm -hmm. And we don't do that. We sit there and talk about the problem and we continue to focus on more of what we don't well, want. Well, negativity is easier. Because it, it has it, momentum. And it feels good. Oh my God. Wallowing in self-pity. Ah, oh, there's nothing better. Mm. Hey guys, Ron Al here. Just wanted to remind you, if you love what you hear on the Business Bourbon Podcast, then you absolutely are going to love our Business and Bourbon live events. We're currently traveling the United States. And if you want to know the latest city that's up, you just have to go to businessandbourbon.live. That's businessandbourbon.live. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope you're enjoying it. And again, check us out at businessandbourbon.live. So we were just talking about contrast, right? Yeah. So we just experienced some contrast. Ah. 
and look what it yielded you. What did it yield me? You now know where a power source is that's super close. Oh my God. That's accessible. Changed my life. So that is law of attraction. That is bringing in. That's why contrast is a good thing. Yeah, it can be kind of stressful in the moment. Law of attraction. What does that mean? Law of attraction. Energy attracts like energy. Universal law. You believe in that? Totally. 100%. Why? Because I see it every single day. And the more that I understand it, the more I study it, and the more I'm around it, the more I see it manifest itself left and right. How do we apply that in our business? Small business guy out there, small business woman out there, and business professional. I'm working in some corporate job. Like, how do I apply that to my life? I am about, this is that vibe word, right? Pay attention to the vibe that you're sending out. Because your words can be one thing, but your energy and your vibe can be different. What I mean by that is we've all experienced where you walk in and you talk to somebody and maybe they got a smile on their face and maybe they're saying a lot of sweet words, but there's something just off and you feel it in your gut or in your chest. What are you trying to say? Is that what you felt when you saw me? Absolutely not. I got a good vibe from you. I wouldn't be here (laughs) otherwise because I'm so purposeful and I'm so deliberate about the intent that I put out that I attract good people into my world. That's what's up. Yes. Well, I can tell you, you're definitely purposeful. Very purposeful. I've seen that firsthand. That's dope. Good. I like it. So I interrupted you. I'm sorry. You were saying. (laughs) So I think paying attention to what your vibe is and what I mean by that is paying attention to maybe not just the words that you're saying, but the energy and how you actually feel when you say those words is extremely important. I was having this conversation with a prospect yesterday and we were talking about the struggles. She's already had a couple of different businesses and now she's on a new venture and she's excited about it. I'm like, how's it going? Like you, you're kind of a serial entrepreneur. You've been doing this. This is great. What are your thoughts about how this new process is going for the, this year? And she said, as much experience as I have, I still want to say yes to the clients because I'm looking to build money and capital. And I want to say yes to them, even though I'm not totally excited about them. Oh, okay. And I see that a lot with startups, with entrepreneurs, period. Whenever you get into that space where maybe it's a dry spell or a dry season, that right there, law of attraction, if you are putting out there and not really being intentional about the type of clientele you want to attract in... You could be sending off a vibe that attracts in client who doesn't pay on time or who drives you crazy. Good point. Or who is going to be the person who wants you on the phone all the time, all day, every day, and thinks that they are your only client. Now, there's a benefit about helping your clients feel like they are your only client, but also making everybody feel that way. And that's about you being in control of it, not them being in control of that. I think that is a great lesson to anyone that's out there doing business, salespeople, anybody, because it's relationship management. Yes. Right. Yes. I like that. I have some obviously experience with that as well, Mm -hmm. but yeah, someone close to me, this was years ago and they're going through a situation with the gig, right? And Mm -hmm. they weren't happy wanting something else and couldn't necessarily find anything else, but the energy was being put out there. Yeah. And eventually that job left them. And that advice I gave that person at the point is like, look, you put that energy out there. You put that out. And so it turned out to be a great change for them. And they found a better opportunity and grew from that opportunity. It was all good. But um, that was some of the advice I had given them. Like, yeah, don't be surprised. And it's all good. When you start to put that energy put that out there and it happens <laughs> like <laughs> why are you duh. acting so surprised yeah. and shocked yeah. yeah it's definitely so that is something that even in year one when i didn't have a client roster and i'm trying to build things What's i roster 
I yeah, like client roster. I, um, <laughs> I was very intentional about it. I want my clients to be fun. I want yeah. them to be accountable. I want, And I was thinking about every aspect of what makes what I do fun because my work is my play and I get paid to play. Mm. And so I was very, very intentional. And I remember there was a day where somebody had referred somebody to me. Mm-hmm. This is so big for people to listen to. This person was ready to pay my full six-month premium in full, didn't want to split it up in payments, was ready to hand me a big check. And if I had paid attention to what was in my current bank account balance, by all intents and purposes, everybody else in business would have been like, why are you not saying yes to this? But that conversation with that particular prospect stressed me the F out. Just the intro combo. And I said, and I'm going to take this on for six months? Mm. No. And so that was where I had gotten so clear on the energy of what I wanted to attract with my client. And that's what I mean by energy attracting like energy. I've talked to people before who are saying, I have this client and they are the biggest pain in my ass, but they are my biggest client. They're my big fish. Yeah. And I can't say no to them. And my question back to them is, so how is that serving you? Who else are you blocking and keeping the door closed to because you're so consumed with this person? Because they're not just taking up the normal time of a client. You're telling me that you have a weekly meeting with them. How much of your Monday through Thursday are you stressed out about that meeting on Friday? How stressed out do you get about the energy that you expend worrying about things before they've even happened? That is not serving you. What is that costing you? What are you blocking? I like that. I think that's tremendous advice. We do get tunnel vision like that. Like, you know, know, and early on in my career, I had something similar. I had one client that basically supported my whole business. Mm -hmm. And boy, were they a pain in the ass. (laughs) They really were, and they knew it. They oh. they they embraced it, and, oh. and I I made a decision, and then that ended very badly because mm-hmm. they stuck the provider that we had put them with um, for a whole lot of money, mm-hmm. and so we were sitting in a situation where we were just like, okay, now what? We just lost the biggest client that we had, and how do you replace that? So it, yeah. it actually encouraged me to change my whole business model. We went down market a little bit and kind of focused more on customers that I felt like needed us more but weren't so needy. needy. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, I think that's great advice for anyone that's building a business. Now, and, and keep in mind, when I talk about building a business, I'm not just talking about on full-on entrepreneurship. Right. I'm talking about you can be in a gig, you mean a corporate job, you can be whatever it is understand that you are your business you are the business you're building a business if you want to be successful you build a if you're in corporate you build a business inside the business so tools like this will help you to be successful in your business your mindset is a foundation that can be beneficial to you at all times and even just you saying that about like the contrast of experiencing all that helps you fine-tune more of what you don't or what you do and don't want and that's a beautiful experience so I just want people to hear This is not about trying to avoid these situations altogether. It's about embracing them. It's about understanding that they serve a purpose and that you are exactly where you're supposed to be right now. So if you have a client or a customer, whether you own your own business or whether you're working for somebody else, if you have something, a situation that you don't necessarily like or enjoy, that's cool. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. Find more of what you do want from these experiences and then send your energy there. Focus on what you do want. Love it. One more question I have for you. Because I was really intrigued by this. I asked you what you're afraid of. Oh. Yeah. 
You said that you're afraid of being misunderstood. What does that mean? You talk about trusting yourself more and more. What, what do you mean by that? That's about being my unapologetic, unabashed, abashedly abashed. I don't know. We'll whatever. Just go with it. Okay, yeah, you created a word earlier on. So I I'm create on. words all the time. <laughs> I really do. I don't that should care. be your book. This is my damn show. This I should say. be the Ron L. Dictionary. That should be your first book. There we go. It's about stepping into my authenticity. And I know that's a really big buzzword, but I mean it in the sense of like feeling it, owning it, and not having to apologize for what I do. Thinking about the fact that we talked about our mothers and not liking some of the vernacular that I choose to use. <laughs> I'm me. And I'm cool with that. And yeah. the more that I become cool with that, and it's nobody's job to validate that for me, that's an internal job. I think we get that twisted a lot. Even when we're trying to be authentic, when we're trying to have integrity, we're still looking for outside validation. We're yeah. still looking for approval that, hey, do you like what I'm doing? And from people that we love and admire that are close to us, not just people that are out there in the world. And whenever you are looking external to fill that well, you will constantly always be looking. That's true. So when you can figure out how to do that for yourself, and that just takes practice. It's like going to the gym. You can't go to the gym one time and be like, and I've got a dope-ass body. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> it is a consistent journey, and it's about enjoying the journey and appreciating the roller coaster and being like, okay, so today sucks. Great. Tomorrow's a new day. Let me start over again. Or in 5 o'clock is a new hour. Great. It's about having that different shift of perspective, and that is part of being intentional, part of being aware, all of those different things. So me being misunderstood is some old energy and some old momentum. I'm from the South. I'm from North Carolina. I was North, Carolina. North Kakalaki. I was born and bred to take care of other people, mm. to worry about their desires, their interests, what they thought of me. That perfectionism that I mentioned earlier, that's part of people pleasing. Like I got to be perfect in order to be loved. That was one of my big inner critics was in order to be loved or worthy, I had to be perfect. That's a shit ton of pressure. That it sure is. I, I can't live up to that because everybody else's outside perspective is going to consistently change, and that's cool. But mine can remain, and I'm the only one who gets to define that. So a fear of being misunderstood is something that I'm continually dancing with and learning how to appreciate and let go. There it is. Love it. Brooke, let the people out there know where can they find you. You can find me at www.thecrossovercoach.com. You can find me on Instagram as well. Same, The Crossover Coach. The Crossover? Where does that come from? The Crossover Coach? Yeah. <laughs> True story? Uh, no. The, the <laughs> fake story. Um, the movie, Eat, Pray, Love, in the book. I read the book first, and then I watched the movie. Told you I was going through a divorce in my early 30s. Yeah. At the end of the movie, that word, attraviasiamo, and I'm totally messing that up. Sorry to my Italian heritage. You're Italian, dude. That's a, that's yeah, okay. I know. Well, but I'm you're, Italian. You're North Carolina and, and, Italian. Yeah, I'm everything. That's like partially. What but, is North Carolina to? Is like pasta <laughs> and shrimp, like uh, gulf shrimp or. Oh, or, yeah. Our seafood is good there, though, even though I don't eat it anymore. Yeah. But that word means in Italian, let's cross over. Oh, I forgot. Vegan. Ah, yeah. That word means let's cross over. And that was such a big part of me crossing over into everything that I'm supposed to be. And so that's what I help people do is cross over from where they are to where they want to be. That's a great way to end it. Cross over from where you are to where you want to be. Mm -hmm. All right, Brooke Jaguer in the house. It's done. And with that, we out. Thank you for listening to the Business and Bourbon Podcast. Please subscribe. And if you like us, 
give us a five-star rating. If you don't, uh, have another drink. Maybe you'll feel a little bit differently. If you'd like to check out our videos, you can go to businessandbourbon.tv. That's businessandbourbon.tv. In addition to that, we're currently touring the United States with our Business and Bourbon Live show. It's a fantastic show where we do a whiskey education and we do some Q&A and it's a great networking event as well. So if you'd like to attend one of our Business and Bourbon Live events, you can go to businessandbourbon.live. Again, that's businessandbourbon.live. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you the next time.